Hello, my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion, and the Bible. And where we look at uh, the world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I am Nick Krita, your host today. And uh, if you like to make a comment or have your questions answered, you can text me at 0401-305-077. Or you can email us info at faithfm.com.au. Also, you can visit our website, faithfm.com.au. The theme for this week is the ecumenical spirit in a post-biblical world. And our big questions we dealt with were, was the Protestant protest a mistake? Do all paths lead to heaven? Is the ecumenical spirit the same as biblical unity? Are there biblical limits on unity and diversity? And we are going to look into what is biblical unity. Wonderful to have David with us again. And thank you for coming, David, and uh, share with us also on this uh, program, uh, Faith FM Drive Time. Thank you, Nick. David, as a Christian ministry, I'm sure Family Voice Australia believes in the importance of unity. Mm-hmm. But your work uh, has certainly attracted controversy. Yes. Are you prepared to forsake unity by your actions? Yes, we are. And it gives me no pleasure to say that. It is true that our ministry is highly controversial. We go out on a limb constantly. We are most politically incorrect. Mm -hmm. And Um, I've also had people banging on my door at the middle of the night, throwing eggs at the house, writing nasty letters, suggesting that I should have been killed before being born, Mm. even. So we don't enjoy the controversy, but it's the price we pay for speaking the truth. But we do long for unity, and Jesus prayed for unity, didn't he? He said, Mm. may they also be in us that the world may believe that you have sent me. Mm, And he mm. says, may they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me. So unity is a wonderful thing, but we cannot hold on to it at the expense of truth and righteousness. Absolutely. And that's what I was going to ask uh, next question, David. Is unity at any price a biblical Christian position? No, in fact, despite the longing of Christ to bring unity, he himself spoke about disunity. This is Mm. in Matthew chapter 10. He says, Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Mm -hmm. So, as I've mentioned in previous programs, Jesus, he speaks as typical Middle Eastern people do, drawing a long bow. He really does wish to bring peace. When he says, don't suppose I've come to bring peace, he's really saying there will be disunity as a result, even though he longs for peace. Yeah, yeah. So that's the biblical standard, and it's echoed by Paul, who spoke to the Corinthians and rebuked them, saying that their meetings do more harm than good. 
But he says, no doubt there must be division among you to see who is right. Mm -hmm. So division, in fact, is really a temporary measure leading to unity because in division we separate, in division we shine the light of truth Mm -hmm. on a situation and hopefully once the truth is understood, it can be embraced by all. So the ultimate goal is unity, even though we get there through the path of disunity yeah. sometimes. And speaking about uh, Paul himself mm-hmm. and the early church, uh, I mean, they have uh, issues and um, sometimes controversial oh, yeah. in between, you know, themselves there. Yeah, uh, but it was interesting that the the direction and the goal, mm-hmm. you know, for all of the disciples and the believers after Jesus, you know, was to proclaim the truth, to proclaim Jesus and him crucified. And uh, yeah, that was what brought them really together. They had the target to say so very well identified. Mm. Absolutely. That's, uh, I think you're referring to Acts chapter 4. All the believers were one in heart and mind there. And of course, none of them were claiming that any of their possessions was their own. They were were sharing everything. Yeah, that's right. Wonderful unity. Mm. Hey, another question here I would like to ask uh, today. What is the basis of Christian unity? Is it right doctrine, right practice, or Mm. what? Indeed. Well, it is our shared faith in Christ, which is the basis of Christian unity. Mm. There are differences of views, and God himself is in the business of diversity. Think of the ten, or or I should say the twelve tribes of Israel. Mm -hmm. So they came together in battle uh, to fight a common enemy, but then they'd go their separate ways and do their own thing, Mm. uh, each with their own Uh, emblems, their own territory. So there's diversity and unity, of course. But it is our shared faith in Christ that is the basis of Christian unity. It's not so much the doctrine that we have, even though doctrine is important. Mm -hmm. It's not the right practice, even though right practice is important. The unity that we have is that we are all sinners in need of salvation, and we should all be equally grateful for the same gift of salvation. So to be authentically Christian is to confess and to believe, and then we are real Christians. Yeah. And, you know, when you mention uh, the word truth, mm. I mean, uh, implies uh, automatically that that's, that's error too. Correct. And um, people can be easily, you know, uh, uh, trapped into some false teachings. I mean, the Bible speaks a lot about uh, apostasy. This is and, true. And uh, it's important to identify the truth. I yes. mean, to look into the Bible, to follow the teachings of the Bible. Yes. And all the tradition of man that Jesus uh, Correct. Um, looked at. But I'm, I'm encouraged to know that the grace of God is greater than our own stupidity. Yeah. And I think of some of the views I've held in the past, which have been wrong. But I've still been in Christ. I've still been a real Christian, even mm. though I was in error, mm. because it's not a matter of pronouncing the particular doctrine in the right way, important though that is. Yeah. It's whether I'm a real Christian. Yeah, and, and, and to be open to uh, to receive the truth. Look, just another, the last uh, question for you today, um, David. Uh, who are the real Christians? Yes, good question. The real Christians are those whom Christ claims. Mm. And he spoke to those who said, Lord, in your name we prophesied, Lord, in your name we did this, miracles, etc. And he will say, I never knew you. So people can enunciate the right doctrines, and they can even work miracles. But at the end of the day, it's whether or not Christ claims you and me. And if he claims you and me, then we are real Christians. Mm. 
So thank God that he sent Christ to claim humanity as we respond to his gift of salvation. Beautiful. Thank you very much, David, for sharing with us today. May God uh, richly bless you. And like always, I like to say, God be with you in your ministry and with the Family Voice Australia and uphold Jesus Christ and the truth. Thank you so much, Nick. is easy when you're up on the mountain and you've got peace of mind like you've never known but things change when you're down in the Host today is Joseph Maticic, and Joseph is the General Secretary of the Seventh-day Adventist Church here in South Australia, and it's good to have you with us, Joseph, again. Yeah, thank you, Nick. Great to be together. Look, we started together, Joseph, uh, this week, talking about uh, the ecumenical spirit in a post-biblical world, and uh, we looked at the uh, first one, was the Protestant protest a mistake? And, you know, that, um, that really opened up, you know, the, the door for us for the whole week to look into uh, what the Bible had to say, 
what Christianity think about things. And uh, we are coming today to, um, to this, what is the Bible saying about unity? And, uh, I know David uh, and uh, Gary and Fabiano, other presenters before, they dealt with uh, uh, questions like, is the ecumenical spirit the same as biblical unity? Or uh, are there biblical limits on unity in diversity? But today, we really want to see what the Bible says about unity. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's uh, been a, an interesting uh, series, hasn't it, Nick? And um, as, we, as we look at this, we're, we're particularly going to be drawn to, I guess, uh, one, of the, one of the key passages uh, that uh, deals with this idea of, of biblical unity or, or, or Christian unity. And it's, it's the passage that's found in the Gospel of John, John, John chapter 17. And, uh, the, John chapter 17, uh, is known as the, the other Lord's Prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we say the other Lord's Prayer because, uh, most people are very familiar with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, etc. Um, it's interesting that, 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 that's called the Lord's Prayer, that one. But it's not a prayer that, that he prayed. Our Lord Jesus didn't need to need to pray for himself, um, forgive us our trespasses, yes. for instance. So it's a prayer that Jesus gave to, to teach his followers. As a uh, template, if you like. That's right. Yeah. That's, that's exactly right. But in John 17, we have another prayer of Jesus. And this is a prayer that he actually did pray. And, Nick, it's interesting because John chapter 17 uh, comes at the end of a long presentation, a long, long discourse, a long talk that Jesus gave. Um, that, that's really even way back from from John chapter thirteen, John, John chapters thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. He's 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 preparing his disciples for his soon departure, mm. and um, and so th- that's that's the setting of of these chapters here in John. Jesus is is wanting to, to them to be aware that he's going to soon leave them. That is, yeah, he, he foreshadows his his, his death. Um, he's he's, he's you know, be resurrected, ascended to to his father, and he's preparing them for his his, his departure and how they are to cope and to live um, while he's uh, when he's gone. And and so then we come to John chapter seventeen where uh Jesus prays and uh it, it, it Jesus prays for 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 himself and then he prays for uh for his immediate disciples mm-hmm. and then uh in the last part of the prayer he prays for all uh his future believers and uh let's come here to verse 20 verse 20 through to 22 and uh and this is this is what 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 it says here Jesus says I do not pray for these alone that is his immediate disciples. disciples. Yep. That's exactly right. Yep. But also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, and they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me, and the glory which you gave me I have given them that they may be one just as we are one. Three times in that little section there, uh, Jesus says that they may be one. 
And that's the phrase, Nick, that um, it'd be fair to say a lot of Christians have got caught on and said, aha, look at that. Jesus is praying uh, that all will be one. And uh, how, how do most people take that, Nick? You know, what, what, what usually comes to their mind when they, uh, when they read this prayer of Jesus? That they see it as referring to essentially uh, what um, churches, yeah, you know, uniting or denominations mm-hmm. that are, that have had um, years, if not centuries, of of of, of distinction and division as being uh, come as coming together 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 as one. And we, we've looked at some of these things correct um, yeah. uh, the la- last few topics, haven't we? Yes. Um, and, and just on that one, because you, uh, the first thing comes in your mind when you think of the church and also the fragmentation, if you like, of the universal church, you know, when uh, you, you, you're thinking about, you know, uh, many years ago, there was like a one, even Jesus started with the disciples and said, well, now go and preach everything what I uh, have uh, commanded you. It was one group, yes. One group. But then uh, it started to uh, to appear different opinions, you know. Yes. And for a long time, the Catholic Church, which means universal, interesting enough. Yeah. Almost, I may use these words, run the show, you know, to say so. You know, whatever yeah. they said, that what it was. Yeah. And because of the fragmentation or because of, and this is the, the interesting thing with this. At what expense yeah, yeah. are you considering unity? That's right. I yeah. mean, unity um, just for the sake of unity or uh, in truth? Yes. As you just read about the, what Jesus' prayer was, yeah. that yeah. he prayed that all will be one in him. Mm. And yeah, so you're right, Nick. It, it's interesting. Yeah, it, 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 it was it did start with Jesus as one group, um, and then what we have is this, uh, uh, as you said, I guess a fragmentation, wasn't it? And it's interesting. And and we 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 mentioned this in our previous episode, didn't we, Nick? We mentioned that that passage by the Apostle Paul, the great Apostle Paul, in Acts chapter twenty, uh, where he said that after his departure, this is verse twenty nine, he referred to these uh, grievous wolves that would come in yeah. and not spare the flock. And, uh, and, and he says there in verse uh, 30 that also from among yourselves uh, men will arise uh, speaking perverse or different things to draw away disciples after them. So it, it predicts it there. And then uh, th- there's the other reference in, um, in Second Thessalonians mm-hmm. uh, chapter 2 uh, that talks about the fact that, um, that there would be a falling away. From uh, the truth, yeah. From the truth, they would be falling away, and and so you know, we, we we've looked at that, and uh, yeah. So the the church did start as one, then there was the falling away, and then then so then when we look at John chapter seventeen, uh, people will take that as to say, oh well, look, it, Jesus here is saying uh, that all the churches, the various denominations, they're all going to come back together as one. No. I mean, that will be a great thing if they can come as one well, under the, the truth of the Bible. <laughs> but that's the question. That's, that's the big that, question. That, and that is the question. You know, it, it, yeah, Nick, it, it would be good if they came together as one because um, you think about it, for, for someone who's not a Christian and you know, think of Australians as they view you know, Christianity or, or, or religions in general, well, how do they see it? It, it, would, it probably would be a bit of a, uh, you know, a turn-off because there are so many different 
denominations, Nick. Yes. There are so many groups and sects and, you know, churches and, you know, denominations. Hundreds, hundreds and thousands, really. Absolutely. And um, people can th- think, well, if there's, a, if there's the one Lord, how come there's so many different ones? And so uh, that's why, that's why, Nick, this is a, this is a, you know, it's a, Interesting and misunderstood topic, this prayer of Jesus, where he prayed uh, for those who, who are going to believe in him in the future, those who will believe, that they would be one. And people come to that and think, ah, that indicates that all these denominations, these differences are going to be put aside and they're going to come together uh, together as one. And so the extension of that, people will say, this this would be referring to um, a spirit of unity has led to an agenda for, for ecumenism. For example, Nick, uh, some a few years back, back in 1995, Previous Pope, the late Pope John Paul II, put out an encyclical. Mm-hmm. Now, an encyclical is a like a special a letter uh, that the Pope puts out from time to time. A, a, a special letter, a special document on a on a particular topic. You know, they're they're major. It's a major letter. It's not. It's it, you know, quite usually quite lengthy and mm-hmm. um, uh, addresses and makes a statement on a particular issue. And in 1995, Pope John Paul II put out one of these encyclicals, and it was titled. When we translate into English, interestingly enough, the title of this encyclical was "That They May Be One." Mm. Here we find the leader of the. Roman Catholic Church, uh, putting out this letter that they may be one. And that, yeah, it's essentially referring to, uh, the idea that, uh, they, they're working towards either reaching out to other, uh, to, to, to other, at least the other Christian organizations, mm-hmm. denominations, to bring it all back together as one. And so it lends itself to the question, is that what Jesus was referring to when he prayed? That they may be one. Well, what I, I trust uh, what we've seen uh, so far already, Nick, is is a few key things. Number one, biblical unity is not unity at the expense of truth. Yeah, and uh, and that's something that's that's really really important. And and going on from that. And, and this has been mentioned, so we don't need to elaborate it here now again. Uh, but biblical unity is also not to be confused with the New Testament teaching of unity and diversity. Mm-hmm. For example, uh, the great teaching that Apostle Paul gives in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 about uh, the body. There are many parts, one body. Uh, they have different parts. He uses that as an example of the church. Yes. Um, so the principle there is, you know, there there are different parts. There are different Different gifts given to uh, to the body of Christ inside of the true church. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Um, and so what we're finding there is, yeah, th- there are different gifts, there are different roles, but it's it's one body. Um, and so the, the the principle there is, it's unity in diversity. Mm. Yeah, so in, in yeah, as part of the body of Christ, we have different parts, but 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 we're one. Now, when we're talking about biblical unity, and back referring back again to to Jesus' prayer, Nick. Um, that's not to be confused with this teaching here in, 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 in the New Testament about unity and diversity and, uh, reference to spiritual gifts. Uh, there is, uh, there is also in Ephesians chapter four, uh, another reference to, to, to the gifts and, um, from verse, uh, from verse nine, uh, from, sorry, from verse eight, 
uh, it talks about the fact that when Jesus ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and he gave gifts unto men. And then he lists them in verse, let's look at them from verse 11. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Mm-hmm. It's saying there that we've got different roles, you know, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers, but they work together uh, in the body of Christ. And uh, it refers there, and looking to verse 13, until we come into the unity of the faith. And so some other people say, there you go, there, there's that reference to unity again. But if we just read on, Nick, verse 14, it says that, that from then on we will be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine. Uh, verse 15, but speaking the truth in love. So uh, it explains to us here that, yes, we are to work towards this unity, uh, but it is within the context of, of, of correct uh, teaching or doctrine and uh, the truth, mm-hmm. the truth in love com- comes through again. Unity, unity in the faith. Again, it's not, not yeah, you know, it's not really referring to these this kind of push for for ecumenism that yes. that, that often get get gets talked talked about. So I, I think it's quite clear that um, the Bible does talk to us, Nick, there about the fact that there is going to be uh, divergent doctrines. There's going to be divergent views and ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bible refers to this falling away, as we've as we've alluded to. And so, Nick, I, I wanted to take us. Um, before we come back to Jesus' prayer and ask again, what is biblical unity? Uh, before we come back to, to you know, Jesus' phrase, that they may be one, it'd be good for us to explore a little bit of a significant passage that's found over in the book of Revelation. All right. Revelation chapter 12, Nick. Okay. Uh, now, we, uh, we find there a incredible chapter. Uh, Revelation chapter 12, uh, it, it, it begins with this uh, scene. It, it talks about, a, how, reading from the start of Revelation chapter 12, there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and upon her head a crown of 12 stars. So we have here a, a beautiful woman. And uh, we're talking in Revelation you know, that, that uses these symbols, a uh, symbol of a woman. Uh, it's interesting that we find this reference to a woman here, and uh, because we we have also a couple of chapters later, Nick, another woman, uh, a woman uh, described as, as 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 a harlot, and so we, we, Revelation has has two women. Yes, yes, and uh, this is a beautiful pure woman, and then we have the other woman. You're right, Joseph, there, because a pure woman. Representing the pure church and that's right. That's truth. That. Yes, yes, yeah, exactly. So, a really good point there, Nick. Um, uh, I was just going to say, you know, who's this woman? Well, this woman, uh, we find elsewhere that Jesus says uh, that he Christ loved the church. Uh, Husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. Um, he prepares her. Uh, uh, his people are described as a bride, and so yeah, the woman. We, we can we can quite uh, quite clearly 
identify here that this woman represents represents the church in Revelation 12. And so then, when we go on, Nick, uh, here's what we find interesting. So, in symbolic prophecy, a woman is used to represent a church. A pure woman represents the true church. A corrupt woman represents the false church. Now, this is significant because we're talking about what? Biblical unity. Yeah. Okay? Revelation, Bible prophecy is indicating to us that there is there is a true and a false. So right. we, we can't just jump to the conclusion and say, yeah, we can all be one. And even Jesus himself pointed out to the, the wheat and the tares. That's right. Yeah. Mm. That would exist right till the end. You're right. Uh, and so then we, we read on a little bit here. And uh, it, 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 referring to this woman, it says that she, she brought forth a man child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. This can only refer to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who came and he was caught up, caught up to God. And uh, But it refers, interestingly here, Nick, that in verse 4, the dragon, the great red dragon, which the Bible clearly identifies as the serpent, mm-hmm. the devil, mm-hmm. Satan, he, um, in verse 4, he, he attempts to, to, to devour the child as soon as it was born. The great, great red dragon, of course, is Satan. This is referring to him when he was working to try to get at Baby Jesus. Yeah. We all remember the story when uh, uh, yeah, Herod attempted to destroy the baby Jesus by putting to death all the children in Bethlehem, mm-hmm. two years uh, old and under. Uh, and he, here it describes how we try to get at the, at, at the, at the, at the baby, at the child, mm-hmm. at the man-child, which was Jesus. But he was caught up and uh, he was taken up to heaven. Then what t- happens as we read on here in Revelation 12 is then the dragon turns on the woman. Right. He wasn't able to get at Jesus. So what does he do? The offspring now. He goes after mm. her offspring, the mm. followers. Mm. And so if you read on there in Revelation 12, Nick, it talks about the fact that the woman flees into the wilderness. And it gives a period here of 1260 uh, days or 42 months. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a prophetic period of time. Usually what uh, we, we find in Bible prophecy um a day will represent a year, mm-hmm. and uh, and so we have a period here of 1,260 days representing 1,260 years. Uh, this is covering the period of the dark in the Middle Ages. Now, we, we, we touched on that in, in, an earlier, in an earlier episode about the Dark Ages, and what we find here is the true, true Church of God kind of had to go into seclusion, mm-hmm. um, into hiding. Uh, because sadly, the the organised church, or if you like, the uh, the church of the day, which uh, ha- had unfortunately gone into into apostasy, drifted away, false teachings have been introduced, um, and they used uh, power and and persecution to get at those mm. who were who were heretics and descendants. And then we find that there was a period of where individuals, reformers, would stand up and yeah. and speak out. Um, yeah, and I like, uh, you know, as we start the week, um, as you presented, um, what was those three, uh, three aspects of the, of the church? Three, uh, phases. Okay, yeah, so yeah, it was formed, then the church was formed, then it was deformed, and then it needed to be reformed. Reformed. Which yeah. means Jesus put the basis of the Correct. church. Correct. The true church, you know, Correct. I mean, yep. through teachings, of course. And then, immediately after uh, Jesus, and as Paul pointed out, you know, after he he will go, yes. <laughs> said that there will be the fall, fallen away. That's right. 
then it started to deform. Yeah. Now, how, how can you come in unity something which is deformed? Yes. You have to come to unity something which is pure. Is that not right? I mean, you, yeah, you cannot it, it, it needs- unite in uh, just for the sake of unity no. in compromise. Yeah. And that's probably where we are looking at today, how the Bible portrays the, so, yeah, Nick, the unity. Yeah, really, really important what you're pointing out there. Essentially, the truth... Uh, the, 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 the truth of the Bible and, and the, tr- the, the truth that Jesus conveyed to his followers, that truth had been somewhat lost, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe altered, but the, the truth itself is still, was still there. Uh, people may have drifted away from it. That's the thread. Mm. That's, that's the common thing that goes right through, Nick. The, the truth of, of scripture and, and what Jesus had taught and shared and then the scriptures elaborate on that that stays right through and so unity has to be back to that truth not not some organizational or or um, how can we put it some some sort of a um, ecumenical kind of political uh, organizational coming together mm-hmm. it has to be on the basis of of the truth as you're saying and that's that's re- that's really really important and that's what we find happening and, and it's described here now when we return to Re- Revelation chapter 12, which began with the Satan trying to get at the, at the, the woman, and then she goes into a period of, you know, in the wilderness, she emerges from that long period of persecution. And at the end of Revelation chapter 12, it says there that the dragon was angry, uh, or at wrath, angry with the woman, and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, who keep the commandments of God, and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. All right. So there we find again what the definition of, if you like, true biblical unity. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. So biblical unity is referring to uh, people who will, who will be really loyal to God, to, to his, his commandments and, uh, and have the testimony, have the testimony of Jesus. And so that's that's fascinating, Nick. And um, what we find is we we have this this bride woman described here. Now, Nick, we we then come in Revelation chapter seventeen and Revelation eighteen to a harlot woman. Right. So another woman. You got the two women, similar, but it's the apostate. It, it's referring to apostate religions. That's what we find really represented here in Revelation 17. Now, in Revelation 17 and 18, it's, it's, it's where essentially the apostate religions are going to unite with secular powers. Mm-hmm. And so, you, as is alluded to in Revelation 13, you've got this global uh, religio-political alliance. Now, uh, again, encourage our listeners, Nick, to get a copy of that, that DVD that we've been offering, and uh, maybe you want to tell them about that. Because by, by, that, by the that, way, yeah, ex- just on that DVD, would you like just to mention a few words about that, and I will give you the number to the listeners. Yeah, so the DVD, Revelation, The Bride, The Beast, and Babylon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's covering these these topics. The bride, referring to the woman of Revelation 12. The beast, which is referred to not only in Revelation 13, Nick, but again in 17 and 18. Yep. 
and Babylon, which which is identified there. Babylon is this symbol. Babylon, Babylon were the enemies of God's people, the apostate powers uh, in the Old Testament times. Um, Babylon is uh, refers to um, the origins being Babel, which was confusion. They wanted yeah. they interesting. They wanted to be one. Correct. Yeah, you see, and so there's this there's this push for unity. So when we talk about unity, we we're, we're, we're got to be conscious of that. There, there's a yes, there is a true biblical unity, but there's going to be a, a counterfeit unity, and can and be used, uh, you know, that counterfeit to to be dressed up in oh, a yes. in a way <laughs> to look so pretty yeah. that you you will not be able even to identify so easily the counterfeit from the reality because that's when the counterfeit is good, you know, when mm. it's very close to the original. Original. Absolutely right. Absolutely mm. right. And so, yes, that's that, and the, the DVD that we're offering goes into that. It's a great uh, explanation of um, some of these really significant, perhaps not often studied uh, themes of, of Revelation. So, highly recommend that yeah. people get a copy of the DVD. And, and yeah. you can uh, send us an SMS right now, if you like, uh, on zero four zero one three zero five zero seven seven. Again, that's zero four zero one three zero five zero seven seven. And we'll make sure that you have the, that DVD in your hands. It's Revelation, the Bride, the Beast, and Babylon. And people can, of course, email and or, or contact um, Faith FM, can't they, Nick? Yes, absolutely. Great DVD to to, um, to, to pick up. So now, Nick, let's. Um, yeah, so what we've established is, yes, there is going to be a true biblical unity. Jesus says that they may be one. Now, we'll come back to that. Now, notice notice here, uh, as we look at John, something interesting from John chapter 10. Uh, Jesus here uh, says, uh, says this in John chapter 10 and verse 16. Jesus says, And other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Evidently, God's followers are presently scattered among the churches. And then what we find as that as we read on here in chapter 10 and verse 16, Jesus says, so he says, other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring and they shall hear my voice and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. So the Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, he desires to bring his true followers together into one fold, into one flock. But there will be no force, Nick. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he says, they will hear my voice. That's the key. His true sheep will hear and recognize the voice of the shepherd, and they will follow uh, of their own will, their own their own accord. So Jesus says, other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, and they're going to come. Now, is this referring to this, this unity that he was talking about? Well, let's just read on. What we find is when we come to uh, Revelation, and we touched on this a little bit, Nick. So let's let's look at this now. Revelation chapter 14. I want to read from verse 8, Nick. It says there, and they followed another angel saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Mm-hmm. Another reference to Babylon. Babylon is fallen, that great city. Come over to Revelation chapter 18. And after these things, let's read here from Revelation chapter 18, verse 1. And after these things, I saw another angel come down from heaven. And then it says a little bit further on in the passage, And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen. Again, those words are repeated, aren't they? Yes. And then it says this in verse 4. 
And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that you do not be partakers of her sins, that you do not receive of her plagues. Come out of her, my people. That's a very very interesting terminology there, um, Joseph, because probably some people may think that Babylon it's uh, uh, talks about those people who doesn't have to do any don't have to do anything with God. Yeah, just out there in the in this world. But here mentioned that her again, what we learn about woman, yes, pure woman, yes. church, yes, apostate woman, yes, again church, apostate church, come out of her. My people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God has his people, his true followers in Babylon, mm-hmm. in the apostate, in the others. People might think, hang on, but if they're, if, if they're God's people, why are they in there? Well, Nick, um, let, let's just say this. Um, many sincere people, many sincere people who do not realize perhaps at this point in time that they are maybe part of a uh, you know part of some organization or denomination that that isn't uh, fully in accord with the word of god mm-hmm. but they themselves are sincere they they haven't had the opportunity perhaps to discover or understand some things and god says these are the ones that are going to come out there's a call to them to 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 um to to come out evidently many of god's true followers are in babylon there is, and so there's this call, come out of her, my people. Now, actually, there is no more urgent call than that, really, Nick. Absolutely. Yeah, come out, come out in time. And then when we link that back to John chapter 10, where Jesus talks about him being the shepherd and of his sheep and whatever, John chapter 10 and verse 27, uh, he says, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. Mm. They follow me. His true sheep will hear and they'll follow. That is the proof that they are his. That's how you can tell. But if God calls his people out of Babylon, what does he call them into? He calls them into one true, a true flock. And then, yeah, we, what we find is that there is a true one that, that, that is containing of the people that have been called out, that, that come out come out of, out, out of the false one. Absolutely. That's wonderful, uh, Joseph, just to, to mention how important it is. That is a solemn call. Mm. Um, I would like to take a short break here, sure. if you don't mind, and um, just play a song this time, talking about uh, Jesus' um, prayer. And um, Alison Cl- uh, Krauss uh, have a beautiful song here, a living prayer. Let's listen to this and we'll be back soon. This is Faith FM Drive Time.
Welcome back. You are listening to Fate FM Drive Time BQ&A with Nick Rita and our co-host today is Joseph Matejic. The question we're looking uh, at uh, today with Joseph is uh, what is biblical unity? Joseph, how can you bring it together? Yeah, thank you, Nick. So we 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 notice uh, and we've been talking about Jesus prayer, that prayer recorded in John John chapter 17. The prayer that he prayed just a few short hours before his betrayal and torturous death. Um, and uh, this is a prayer that has uh, re-echoed through the generations, inspired, inspired many, many people. And it's a prayer that many uh, leaders of contemporary religious institutions um, see as, um, as referring to a, a time of, of when churches and denominations are going to, going to unite. Um, uh, it's seen as a basis for ecumenism. Mm-hmm. And, and in the prayer Jesus prayed, I do not pray. This is John 17, verse 20. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one. There's that key phrase. And then Jesus continues, uh, As you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, mm-hmm. that the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. Three times Jesus says that they may be one. Now, Nick, taken out of context, uh, this prayer has formed the foundation of much ecumenical theology. Yes, absolutely. Yet Christ is not praying for the unity of world religions or even for spiritual people, so to speak, in generally. Rather, he prays specifically for those individuals who will come to Christ through the witness of the apostles. Uh, because he says, I pray for those who will believe in me through the word, through their word. The prayer, this prayer here is directly uh, referring to those who've accepted Christ. And the unity that's spoken about in this prayer uh, is based uh, on the unity that's found uh, between the Father and the Son, uh, into which the followers, the believers of Jesus, are invited to join. Let, notice here the, the this uh, emphasized in the prayer. Jesus says um, here, he says, I pray that just as you are, he's praying to his heavenly Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, so they will be in us, us yes. in us. I have given the glory you've given me, I in them, and you in me, all being perfected in one. Uh, this unity is based on the intimate linkage of the individual believer to both the Father and the Son. Never is there any, any indication that those who are living outside of this relationship with God will either have the desire or indeed be equipped to stand in the form of unity that's envisioned in this prayer. Right. Uh, as Christ, through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, dwells in believers, the desire to become like him increases. The desire to function with the mind of Christ grows. Mm. Uh, the mind born of humanity slowly being transformed into the into the divine likeness. Humanity is being transformed by the Spirit. Uh, as the believer, as the believer grows into an ever 
closer unity with the Father and with the Son, so the individual bonds with other citizens of the kingdom. The unity of these believers is deep and abiding. Uh, So political or institutionalized unity is not what's being referred to here. Uh, Jesus is talking about as I am, uh, am in you, so they will be they in, will be in, in us. In, in us, in us. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, really, Nick, uh, what we're finding here in this great prayer of Jesus, um, unity is never at the expense of truth. Uh, it, unity is never seen and portrayed in the Bible in the context of denominational or institutional um, institutional organisations com- coming together um, and uh, a call to put aside. Our individual differences. Yes. That's the key that we need to understand. It's rather saying uh, that a believer, a true Christian believer, is one who uh, is one who, as as Jesus prayed here in, in this in this great prayer, uh, who will be one in Jesus, just as Jesus was one uh, it, with with his Father, um, and. Um, yeah, in context, when we read this prayer, uh, Jesus earlier has said, Sanctify them through your truth. Your word is truth. All right. That's that's very, very powerful. And just on that one, uh, Joseph, quickly, uh, as you mentioned, um, the ecumenical movement generally portrays, you know, uh, we need to come together. I mean, we may be have differences, this and that, but that's okay. We need to come generally together. But here it's more specific. We it need is. to follow the truth. Yes. yes. We cannot just, for the sake of unity, to come together, we need to come together because of the truth. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And, and what we're finding is that, um, uh, you know, Jesus spoke about the truth, um, he said, I am the way, mm. the truth, and the life. And that, that's fairly direct. Um, no one, he said, can come to the Father except through me. That's very exclusive, Nick. So biblical unity in no way is referring to um, other faiths, other non-Christian faiths being united. Mm. It's impossible mm. uh, because Jesus was very exclusive. Uh, Jesus then also in John 16 uh, referred to the, the the Spirit would come after his departure and he and the, the Spirit would guide you, he says, referring to the Spirit's coming to his believers, uh, will guide you into all truth. So again, this idea is reinforced about the truth. And then it clearly tells us what, it, what is truth? Yeah. Your word is truth. Yeah. And so the unity that Jesus is referring to is, is a unity in the truth about Jesus that his true followers will hold on to. And we come to a prophecy that predicts that at the end of time there's going to be a very close counterfeit of the truth, a counterfeit. And that's why we must be very careful. And the only way we can discern it is we be, we be caught up in, in what's not true or, or deceived, Nick, is that we need to uh, be clear and true, uh, understand for ourselves exactly uh, where we stand with God, ha- have a deep abiding trust in him, and to know the word of God for ourselves. Mm. That's the only thing we will be able to depend yeah. on in the end. Yeah. And Joseph, I'm very conscious of the fact that many people maybe out there asking questions themselves yeah. about the things they've seen going on in the religious world, 
um, the calls for uh, unity yeah. and ecumenism yeah. and all those things. Um, and you pointed out that uh, there are many, many sincere followers of God, but they, be, they may be still caught into this uh, political um, correctness, if you like. Uh, what would you say to, to that person, to that listener uh, today, uh, when, if they are troubled? by some of what we discussed during this week. Yeah. Um, I would say don't listen and don't be swayed by any any persuasive appeals or calls by any religious leader, figureheads, organizations, institutions. Um, be clear on what uh, the Word of God says and um, be be determined that you will hear God's voice and his spirit guiding you. Uh, as Jesus said um, there in John chapter 10, uh, my sheep hear my voice and they uh, they follow me. Mm. So I would say be very careful uh, about any of, of the appeals for, for unity, for ecumenism, uh, for coming together. Because it, it will seem like this is a, a good idea for the common good, for, yeah. for the sake of our planet, for, for whatever. But I would say just be very careful and ensure that you, you test it all according to the word of God. Isaiah 8.20 says, according to the law and to the testament, if they do not speak, there is no light, light in it. Um, oh, very good. Thank you very much for that, uh, Joseph. How would you like to pray uh, as we conclude? Let's do that. Father God, we just want to thank you that you have given us your word, the, the scriptures, the Bible, that we can understand and learn not just about you, but your truth. And uh, your truth sets us free. And I pray that um, for each one of us that's listening, that we will uh, sincerely want to seek to hear your voice speaking to us through your word and through your spirit to guide us into all truth that you have for us. And um, I pray that you bless us each to that end in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for um, joining Nikrita and uh, Joseph Maticic on the Faith FM Drive Time. And um, please join us again uh, next time when uh, we are going to look into falling in love with Jesus. And the question we'll address in the next program is, did Jesus really exist? Until then, may God richly bless you. And don't forget, keep walking in the footsteps of Jesus. I believe for every drop of rain that falls a flower grows And I believe that somewhere In the darkest night A candle glows I believe for everyone Who goes astray Someone will come To show the smallest prayer will still be heard and I believe that someone in the great somewhere